Hey there, and welcome to the Skin Lovers Unite podcast. My name is Kelly, otherwise known as Skin Queen, and I'm so excited to educate you on all things real skin science. Over the past five years, I've gone from working as a dermal therapist to a clinical educator where I worked with some of Australia's leading skincare companies, learning so much about the skin and science behind how it all works. And now I'm here to share all my knowledge with you. Let's jump right into today's episode. Hello, skin lovers. Oh my gosh, I know that you are just going to love today's episode just as much as I enjoyed making it. So I put a little bit of a question out on my Instagram a little while ago saying, what topics would you like to learn more about when it comes to skin? And I got a lot of answers with people requesting to learn more about laser. And for me, I actually haven't worked with laser for probably six years and the industry works so fast. So I thought I'd put a little shout out and I have got the perfect person for today's podcast recording. So it is a little bit echoey because it has been filmed in person in her clinic, but I know that the information is absolutely gold and I cannot wait for you to listen. Thank you so much, Sky. Really excited. So funny story, Sky actually owns a clinic called Caroderma, which is right across the road from where I live. So today's podcast is being recorded in person and we're both just saying how we've got a little bit of nerves and a little bit of excitement, but I'm really excited to have you today and I'd love you to introduce a bit more about you and your story and your expertise yeah well thank you so much for having me I mean like I told you just before it's my first time so yeah definitely a little bit um, nervous and excited Um, but as an avid listener it's nice to be a guest which is really fun so um, yeah my name's Sky I'm a mum of four I've got four boys yeah I know it's and a business yeah yeah (laughs) I'm really just doing myself a number here I was hello skin lovers oh my gosh I know that you are just going to love today's episode just as much as I enjoyed making it. So I put a little bit of a question out on my Instagram a little while ago saying, what topics would you like to learn more about when it comes to skin? And I got a lot of answers with people requesting to learn more about laser. And for me, I actually haven't worked with laser for probably six years and the industry works so fast. So I thought I'd put a little shout out and I have got the perfect person for today's podcast recording. So it is a little bit echoey because it has been filmed in person in her clinic, but I know that the information is absolutely gold and I cannot wait for you to listen. I was actually saying that yesterday though, like for women who own businesses and are also mums, I'm like, I've got five pets and that keeps me very busy. So I don't know how mums do it as well. Business is just like another child, honestly. (laughs) So you just treat it like a person, give it the attention it needs and yeah, everyone's happy. That's really good advice. Yeah, I think so. Um, It's definitely helping for me, but it's just a learning curve juggling. Um, As a mum, I think even not owning a business is working. Life is a juggle. But yeah, I entered the beauty industry nine and a half years ago, so a long, long time now. Um, I went and did my diploma at uh, the French Beauty Academy. Oh, probably yes. um, But back in those days, it was called GCTA. I was going to say so, that. Yeah, yeah, I'm showing my age a little bit here. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I started with them and I joined um, the French thinking that I would like to own my own clinic or salon. I thought I would be the waxer and the tanner and the massage therapist. So um, 
um, as I evolved in the diploma, I realized I loved advanced skin. And I was actually a client of a laser clinic getting laser hair removal at the time. And as soon as I saw those results, I was like, yeah, that's me. That's what I want to do. So when I graduated, it was all advanced skin. And I knew a laser clinic was where I wanted to be. It's so funny because that was how I got into the industry too. Yeah. I went and had laser hair removal and then I got into a rejuvenation treatment and I was like, this is what I want to do. And I was like to yeah. the therapist, how did you get into this? And she wrote down where she studied. Yeah. I didn't study at the French. I studied at Grey Clay, but that's yeah. how I got into the industry as well. Cause I was like, I just want to go straight into results driven. Like that's yes. what I was really hungry for. Yeah. Oh my gosh, how funny. Similar story. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the fact that you, um, you know, like all that time ago, like GCTA days. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, I know. And it, when you count back and you're like, gosh, have I been in the industry that long? <laughs> I know. I was literally um, in preparation away. for this. I was like, how long has it been? And I counted back and I was like, oh my oh, God, shit. I'm nearly 10 years. Like this is a lot of time. How did that go past? I know. But um, when you love what you do, it just flies by. It does, awesome. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah so I've got you on the podcast today to talk about laser mm-hmm. and looking through all your rooms as I was walking past, I could see all the different laser machines. Yeah. I worked in laser probably six years ago and we were talking about that before we hit record, but I actually don't like work with laser anymore and yeah. I get so many questions from therapists wanting to know more because not yeah. everybody works with laser, but then they've got clients who are saying, oh, I might go get a laser treatment. What do you think? And then these therapists have no idea. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what? The industry of laser just moves so goddamn quick yeah. that I'm not the person to host a podcast on this. Yeah. So that's why I did the shout out. And so yeah. I'm so glad that I can talk to you about that. So yeah. I'd love to hear your experience in the laser industry and what you're doing now with laser. Yeah. So as you know, the industry is always evolving. And I feel like in the last 10 years that I've been a part of the industry, it's really sort of just been on this fast track into yeah. using all of these really advanced modalities. And I really personally feel that if you don't do a little bit to keep up, then you're going to get left behind. Um, So if you are feeling a bit overwhelmed by the thoughts of lasers and all these new modalities that are out there, try and do a little bit of self-education because it will give you a lot of knowledge and background. And you may not be an expert in that area, but you're going to know enough to be able to guide a client. That's it. and sorry, what was your question? Um, exactly. So you've been in laser, so you've obviously worked with laser skin clinics, but then you're also now doing laser here. So yeah. if you can share what sort of lasers you've worked with in the past mm. and why you love lasers so much. Yeah. And maybe so, to add on to that, if you can explain to somebody what laser treatments do in layman's terms. Yeah. So um, I absolutely love laser because it gets really great results very quickly. Um, and for the right client, it's a fantastic treatment to get them onto the path of their skin journey or their laser hair removal journey. Um, I work with candela lasers i absolutely love them because they're a workhorse so i know that every day i come into clinic i'm going to turn on that laser it's going to go on i know that the um, pulses are measured and precise and i have a lot of control over my treatment Um, in terms of laser laser is a really really um big concept it's there's no one way that laser works Mm. because there's many different types of laser so in my laser um, clinic here i have a crystal laser um, but there are different types in terms of liquid and gas lasers and all those lasers generate light in a different way on um, a different part of the light spectrum so um, the nanometer is very precise and specific and it's attracted to a certain chromophore. So as we know, our chromophores are blood, water and um, pigment and we want to be attracted to one particular 
thing um, to be able to to do a treatment and to rejuvenate the skin. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because like I do know all this stuff, but it's been so long that I've heard it that I know that I'm interviewing you, but I'm also learning from you at the same time. Like actually, this is coming back to you now. (laughs) So it's interesting. Yeah, Um, I love that. I think that's the biggest thing because with so many different lasers, like laser for hair removal or rejuvenation or you know for capillaries people are like how do they all work and it's exactly yeah. what you said there's different lasers for different things and they're attracted to different chromophores that's right yeah and laser itself is an acronym so laser means light amplification by stimulated emissions of radiation I know that yeah, yeah. oh my gosh so I was today is <laughs> yeah. yeah no so it's an acronym so it actually has a meaning behind it and basically what it's saying is it's amplifying light yeah. um I can take you through a little bit about how that light is generated yes. if you want to please do I'd love yeah. to do that. So um, I'm a visual person. So if you visualize in your mind a toilet paper roll, and at the end of each um, end of the toilet paper roll, you've got a little mirror. Yep. So the light um, is shined onto one of those mirrors, and it bounces back and reflects to the other mirror passing through the toilet paper roll. Yep. Um, and then it bounces back, and it's going back and forth, back and forth, really, really quickly. Yep. Um, and the toilet paper roll isn't actually a toilet paper roll inside your machine. It's your laser medium. Yep. So for mine, it's a crystal, um, but then you've got your liquid and your gas. Um, as it's passing through that light, going through that laser medium, it's it's um, energizing those atoms and it's creating photons, which is like a little unit of light energy um, measurement. Yeah. Um, and then we have a nice concentrated amount of light that we then, as we pull that trigger, we shoot out of the laser machine and it's a very precise um, nanometer and that's what we're using to you know, get our treatment results. So Just different types like of lasers blown. do different things. It's really important to remember. <laughs> yeah. As I said, like it's been so long, but it's all coming back. But the way that you just explained that was so clear. Now I understand why you yeah. were recommended to do this podcast. Yeah. I love that so when much. When I learned about laser, I was like, this is way too hard. But then when yeah. you break it down into something that's really simple, it's not that com- um, complicated at all. Yeah. And that's what I'm all about. I love using analogies and breaking yeah. things down to a simple term because I think too often in the industry, people like to talk technical and in big yeah terms and then it gets lost and you're like gosh am I supposed to know that like yeah I have no idea what I'm talking about and then you yeah. can be really overwhelming as a therapist because you feel like you're silly and the number one thing I get a lot from people is they're like I just don't feel confident in a therapist yeah. and I'm like oh, like where's the breakdown happening so yeah. I love that and it's very easy to get quite technical and for a laser expert listening they're probably like but there's so much more involved and mm-hmm. and I acknowledge that there is but if you start getting too technical then it becomes scary for the listener or someone who's wanting to get into laser thinking that nah, that's too hard I'm not going to try it totally um, agree. but once you get the concepts it's really easy to then start building on that information yeah, I yeah. love that so much so I'm obviously somebody who's worked with skin needling peels mm. micro facials oxygen facials LED for the majority of my career yeah so that's where like my passion lies but then how does that compare to laser-based treatments obviously mm. you say that it gets a really faster result and that's yep. what you're passionate about but I'd love to hear like the comparison because it's really like compar- comparing apples to oranges that's right exactly it's it's really there is no comparison because yeah. when we think about um, all the modalities sorry I'm gonna say that again all the modalities that we have in our business 
um, there's actually room for all of it because there's no one client that's going to be the same as another. And when we look at what um, you know might be a risk for a client or what's more suitable for a client or what their main concern is, or even what their initial investment is, it's yeah. going to determine what kind of modality we're going to use. Yeah. So although oftentimes laser is faster um, and more effective yeah. in getting treatment results, it's not always the case and it's not always the most suitable treatment for a client. Yeah. So there's room for it all. Um, I definitely think in terms of like treating environmental pigment, you're definitely going to want to lean towards your lasers to get really effective mm. results. But I love mixing my modalities in my treatment ask. plan. Yeah. yeah. So although I know I'm going to get a lot of um, clearance of pigment with say my laser machine, I'm definitely also going to get a real benefit from using maybe peels and skin needling in conjunction with yeah. that. Um, so it's I'm just a similar thing. Yeah. And especially too, when you're starting to get like that micro crusting, that's when I love to kind of hit it with a peel to kind of clear it up, boost the hydration. Definitely. There's, so there's nice. room for all of it and it's all relevant. So yeah. I think of laser as, although it's amazing and I am so passionate about laser, yeah. <laughs> it's just another device that I have in my business. And there's, um, I mean, I'm, I still do micros. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's room for it all. Lots of different things to play with. Now I heard you say that, you know, you might not choose laser for a client based on the risk mm. associated. So I'd love to dive into that because yeah. I know here in Queensland where we are, there's such strict laser laws and mm. laser licensing laws. Yeah. And I think that's part of the reason why I never got further into laser because I didn't get my full license yeah. because the job that I was in where I was doing laser, I was like, no, nah, I hate this. And I left. Yeah. Um, I only had 30 hours, but for so many other states and also countries such as things like New Zealand, uh, Canada, even I've got listeners here who are from Malaysia and Ireland. I don't think there's any laser rules over there. So yeah. for people who are like, this sounds pretty good. I think I'm going to go buy a laser machine, implement it into my business, get training with the provider. What are the associated risks that they should yeah. actually be concerned about? And have you ever seen anything come in here with people that have like damaged skins from laser? Or? Yeah. So um, I'm so glad that you asked that question because the important thing to remember when using lasers is that they are extremely high-powered devices. So in the wrong hands, they can cause a lot of damage and unfortunately I have seen that. A part of my role um, in my previous um, workplaces was I was a manager so I had mm. to sort of manage all of these adverse events that would come up and unfortunately I have seen things that I'm just not happy with um, yeah. you know, having to deal with but it was a part of my role. So um, I think there needs to be a level of respect in terms of using the laser because they are high powered yeah. but again with a very knowledgeable therapist um, they are a very safe modality majority of the time okay. um, it's I wasn't expecting you to say that yeah <laughs> no no I definitely so I have what I call a scratch-free record so Ooh. in my nine and a half years of, of beauty I've never had an adverse reaction with now, laser or with anything with anything um, oh, girlfriend and, I'm impressed because even I have <laughs> yeah so and I put it down to experience and knowledge I put a lot of pressure on myself to know to be the guru as mm. I suppose when you're in a management role yeah. yeah but when you've got um, a team that are coming to you asking for guidance and advice you need to have a lot of you knowledge do. and I'm one of those people if there's why take a risk like you, it yeah. serves you no purpose to take a risk on a client so I'm always safest um, um, slow and safe wins the race Ooh, instead of slow that. and steady um, slow yeah. and safe wins the race yeah. you need to do a post on that oh I really should shouldn't I because that's <laughs> why I think clients sometimes they get upset when they're not seeing results after one treatment and I'm mm. actually going to make a reel about that when I go home yeah. but you know that would just explain to so many people why it takes a certain number of treatments as that's well. exactly right and I feel like a lot of therapists out there have a pressure to do a good job and they 
want to get the best results so they stand out to their client but it's just not about that and here in my clinic we're very big on safety we don't push the parameters um so you know if a client wants a great result and they often lay on the bed and they say just turn it up you know I've done this I've heard that um I generally just type like either say okay yeah sure and I don't turn it up or I just re-educate them and let them know that you know we don't push the boundaries do you know that's the one thing that like I've had to bite my tongue with so much over the years is when girlfriends get laser hair removal and they're like oh I just get the therapist to turn it right up to the highest and I'm like it's not really how laser works I'm like either the therapist isn't doing the right thing and she's going to cause a burn or yeah. cause some sort of bad injury yeah. or she's bullshitting to you to make you feel better yeah <laughs> but every and time I'm just like mm-hmm. and I think yeah. being in an environment where I was exposed to a lot of um, adverse reactions or injuries it makes you a little bit more wary yeah I'm definitely I would say more timid as a therapist in that I'm not going to push those boundaries because yeah. I don't want to be responsible for doing that to somebody um, but I think there's also a bit of ownership on the client as well that they need to be compliant with their um, aftercare so yeah, I think that's really important to remember as well. And, and I think it all comes down to setting realistic expectations and a really thorough consultation. Yeah. Um, but going back to your question in terms of risks, um, obviously, you know, staying out of the sun is your biggest risk. Um, sun exposure to freshly lasered skin is going to cause a lot of damage. Yep. Um, and you might be able to go in the sun for 20 minutes and not have an issue. But if you've just had a laser treatment, you're definitely going to burn. Yeah. Um, it's more heat in the skin. Exactly right. And it just changes the way that we predict how we will respond to something. If you've had that um, sun exposure before, mm. um, then we really don't know how you're going to respond. Um, when we're talking about laser and, and what we're trying to achieve with the skin, we're looking for a clinical endpoint. Yeah. So that could be a little bit of redness, a little bit of swelling. Yeah. But if we're increasing that energy too much or we're um, pushing those boundaries or we've got a client who wasn't compliant and went out into the sun, then we really can't tell what our clinical endpoint is. Because they're already red. That's exactly yeah, right. I was going to yeah. say that. And that's the thing too. I think, you know, and it's the same with skin. We say try not get any sun exposure beforehand. One time I had a client come in and she was like, I've just been standing out in the sun on the phone, but hopefully that's okay. And I'm like, there's going to be heat in your skin. So that's right. I'm not going to be able to judge what that peel is going to feel like because you're already hot in the skin. And she was like, oh, it'll be fine. I've got tough skin. I'm like, probably because you've just damaged your laying hands. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. It's a whole other kettle of fish. That's so right. I think that's a really good thing to be like mindful of even as therapists who are going and getting laser treatments for themselves just being mindful that they're not actually going out the sun before yes exactly. excessive heat in the skin that's right yeah and I mean we could delve into all the risks associated with lasers there are a lot but it's pretty basic like your sun exposure is a risk um, and then medications some, yep. some clients on medications that are photosensitizing I was about to say light sensitivity yeah, as well exactly epileptic. Yep, yep. epileptic is a big one especially if light um, is that trigger those flashing lights um, also autoimmune disease um, mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's addressed enough so that can um, change the way that someone's healing response is. Of course, that makes um, sense. So we definitely need to know about that. And then um, a big one, which I just don't think is given enough credit, um, well, not enough credit, but enough acknowledgement. Yeah, <laughs> is um, their p- 
potential to stimulate new hair growth. So sometimes, you've probably heard of it actually, that some people go get laser and instead of it getting rid of the hair, it's caused more hair. As if laser hair removal. Yeah, yeah. So this is a condition, um, it's called paradoxical hypertrichosis and it is a real risk of laser. I like to mention it every time I do a consultation because you can't predict who it's going to happen to. Um, And I have seen it in my history as well where, you know, the reverse thing has happened and we've got stimulated hair. Um, And usually that's due to a hormonal condition. I was going to ask. Yeah, yeah, your PCOS, endometriosis, thyroid disease, pregnancy, puberty, breastfeeding, um, they can increase um, the risk of paradoxical hypertrichosis. Also, treating from the clavicle up tends to be where that occurs, so usually on the face. Um, If you're going to have hormonal hair growth, generally it's on the face. Um, and also darker skin types are more at risk as well. Um, so generally, if you do a nice thorough consultation, determine that your client is a higher risk for that um, condition, then you're going to want to do a spot check. Yeah. Um, do a little so spot important. treatment. I didn't know that. So that's really yeah. interesting. And I just feel there's a lot of therapists out there that don't acknowledge that. And unfortunately, I've seen it um, in a 16-year-old girl. Sadly, um, she got I've some seen. laser hair removal, was talked into doing sides of face, and yeah, then had stimulated hair. Yeah, happens sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's just... It's just being aware of your risks so that then you can um, mitigate how that, that, like, if that's going to be happening in your clinic and sort of reduce those risks. Yeah, yeah. so important. Now, yeah. to go to the other side, who is a good candidate for laser? Who can have laser? Because this is one question that I often get people ask me. They say, I've got a client who's breastfeeding or she's pregnant or she's diabetic. Mm-hmm. Can they still have laser? And I'm like, I don't know. You'd have to ask the laser manufacturer. Yeah. What's your take on all that? So, um, it's very controversial still. But um, pregnancy and breastfeeding is actually safe for laser. Personally, in my clinic, I don't like to treat in the first trimester because that's a higher risk for a pregnant woman for losing um, their pregnancy. And you just don't want that to occur after a laser treatment. And they think that that could be the reason why. I couldn't imagine a mum having to carry that guilt, thinking that they may have, you know, contributed to a loss of a pregnancy. Um, So generally, I just say first trimester, we don't want to see you. Um, And then after that, just talk to your doctor and get a doctor's letter. Um, But it is safe. There's no clinical studies to show that it causes any impact on um, the pregnancy or the fetus Um, so that's fine breastfeeding again is fine just remembering that we do have um, extra hormones as well so we may have that stimulated hair growth Um, so you may need to do more frequent sessions or you might be you know not getting the best results as you would when you weren't pregnant or breastfeeding yeah Um, diabetes um, if it's type 2 diabetes yes okay Type one, generally, I'd like to say no, mm-hmm. um, just because again, wound healing is just really sluggish. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's so important. And I think that's like similar to me. I always say too, it also depends on that client and like their stress levels. Like if they yeah. go through quite a stressful pregnancy, I tend to not want to say yes, treat them with skin needling or a peel because yeah, their wound healing is going to be a little bit more delayed because their flight mm-hmm. and fight system is a little bit more impaired. Yeah, so I think that's also something that people don't necessarily think of when it comes to skin and treating That's people right. as a whole like stress levels yeah. play a massive part of that too. and if you do have someone that is a little bit more risk so you are treating diabetes or pregnant woman or um, someone that does have PCOS or mm-hmm. you know it's not that you can't treat them but maybe you're going to treat them a little bit more gently so you're going to lower your settings a little bit you're not going to treat them as high as you would with someone who you know isn't as hormonal or isn't as reactive yeah. um, so it's just again tailoring your treatments to be suitable for the client that you have in front of you yeah um, and this 
is where I have my little pet hate of, you know, there are lots of businesses out there that just set this color skin is this is the setting. Um, and that's not always relevant for every client that's on your bed. Um, so really understanding what you're doing to the skin and what your parameters are yeah. um, and then tailoring for each client. Wow. So do you treat with laser based on what the skin looks like in terms of Fitzpatrick types or do you treat based on what their Fitzpatrick type survey goes up? And actually we might talk about that because people listening yeah. to this are probably like, what the hell? But when I was trained in laser, I was always taught to treat with whatever you think the Fitzpatrick type looks like when you're looking at the skin. But yeah. maybe what you just said, you don't. Maybe you should actually do no, a proper survey. There's so much more involved. Fitzpatrick is going to determine the crystal that I use. So going back to our um, how That's laser works. completely different to how I was taught. Isn't that yeah, interesting? Yeah, no. So, and, and this is, again, like my little pet hate is we need to empower therapists and, mm. and give them more knowledge so that they can be safer. Yeah. Um, and this is probably why I have the scratch-free record because I, I took that ownership to know as much as I could yeah um, so going back to our toilet paper roll that crystal um, modality that I have in my clinic I have two types of crystals um, so I've got an Alexandrite which is my lighter Fitzpatrick okay. so Fitzpatrick one to three yeah and then I've got an ND YAG for Fitzpatrick four to six oh, so awesome. my Fitzpatrick is going to determine my um, crystal and mm. my wavelength I'm going to treat on and how that laser modality is going to work specifically with that skin yeah. um, but then I'm going to be looking at the color of the hair the thickness of the hair the density how much hair there is in the skin oh my gosh it's so different yeah <laughs> i love that we're having this podcast together yeah right yeah so the the parameters that we have actually um, allow us to do a really precise effective treatment um, but you need to understand what each of those parameters are actually doing um, we even have pulse duration so how long the laser beam is actually heating up that skin for or, mm. or that chromophore so i mean we have a lot of control but you know in the wrong hands if you're not understanding your parameters you're not going to be as effective and you're going to be a higher risk as a, as a therapist treating your clients yes that's and you're going to have those adverse responses exactly. yeah <laughs> and you need to be able to assess because when your client comes in for their first second third treatment your parameters are going to be very different to their sixth uh, treatment and their tenth treatment because the hair's becoming more sparse and yeah absolutely and, and then oh in gosh. summertime if they've been in the sun a few weeks ago their yeah. skin color is darker there's yeah. more pigment so again we're going to have to alter our parameters and um, so there's a lot to think about um but as you educate yourself it's, it's not as hard and daunting as it may seem yeah, yeah. totally i've actually recommended some friends to have laser hair removal here and they are having it and oh, like great. now I'm like oh this makes me feel really good so yeah. Lexi if you're listening you're in good hands <laughs> we're taking good care of you Lexi yeah. <laughs> I love that so much so I wanted to actually talk about laser hair removal because I know you've come from a background of that and you still work with Candela Laser yep. however I just would actually like because I'm now learning so much from yeah. you to maybe do a little um, not a deep dive but a little overview on how laser hair removal works versus an, a laser rejuvenation treatment works because I understand that with rejuvenation you can treat pigment but then you can also treat capillaries that's right so I'd yeah. love to just have a little overview of how each of these work because I think when um clients are asking therapists I'm going to go have laser for my pigment or for my capillaries mm. what do you know about it I think that's when therapists are getting a little bit caught up because they're not yeah. quite sure so laser pigmentation and laser for hair removal work very similar for a Fitzpatrick 1 to 3. Okay. So um, we're using the Alexandrite 755 nanometer. It's attracted to pigment. So it's going to find the darkest pigment in the skin and that's going to absorb the laser light and convert to heat energy. Yeah. And that's going to heat up that pigment. Um, it's the heat um, that will destroy the 
cells around the follicle for hair removal yeah. and it's the heat that crystallizes the pigment for pigmentation treatments um, so that crystal is what we use for both of those treatments okay. however when we're talking about a darker skin type for hair removal we're using a, an ND YAG crystal which is a 1064 nanometer yeah. it's working on hemoglobin so blood supply to the mm. hair follicle cauterizes the blood supply stops the flow of blood and that's how it works for hair removal but for capillaries obviously we need it to be we to use that crystal and that nanometer to heat up the blood in the capillary wall help that to coagulate and collapse yeah. um, so although we only have two crystals those crystals actually all treat laser hair removal pigment and um, and hair vascular. Yeah, we also have another modality that we use um, these machines for. Another treatment is um, skin rejuvenation, which is where we just we're creating bulk heat within the skin just to stimulate those fib um, stimulate the fibroblasts to create and more collagen. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So we're just using a little bit of bulk heating. Um, I wouldn't lean a client to that if they've got really you know fine lines and wrinkles and they're really starting to see that aging process it's, it's not a treatment that i'm going to use solely for them yep. i'm just going to use it in conjunction with my skin needling skin yeah needling. so yeah. it's it's a little bit of like skin gym um yeah. it's not as effective but yeah. you know a lot of people get ablative lasers with their dermatologist um, yeah. and that's really just it scares me though because that's yeah. like three or four days down time oh yeah and <laughs> very painful yeah, yeah yeah it's a lot more um resurfacing yeah, so, um, you know, if you've got a candela, ours is a Gentle Max Pro, it has those two crystals built in, um, then you're actually going to be able to cater for hair removal, pigment, vascular, and a little bit of rejuvenation, just um, general rejuvenation as well. Yeah, love it. Another curveball question that is yeah. on the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're both very organized. We're both sitting here with the podcast questions in front of us. Yeah. But because we're having an organic conversation, I'm like, well, this would be a good one to ask. IPL versus laser. Yes, I'm so glad you addressed okay. this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, another peeve of mine is that sadly in Australia we do have a lot of people that have IPL machines but market their treatment as laser yeah, hair I removal. See that. Yeah, and that really disappoints me because the client just doesn't understand what they're receiving. Mm. Um, so when we think about how laser works, it's a direct light beam. It's a very precise nanometer, and we know exactly what color um, and nanometer that or wavelength that that light is. Yeah. When we're looking at IPL it's not direct it's, it's very scattered broad. light yeah. yeah so we have different nanometers we're attracted to different chromophores so we're using the one energy in IPL but it's attracted to many different things um, so I I feel as though IPL is a higher risk treatment. Okay. But that's not to say that IPL is bad. There's there's room for IPL in our industry as well. Um, yeah. And I've seen great rejuvenation treatments. It's not as effective in my eyes for laser hair removal. Yeah. And again, we just don't have that much control over the treatment. So this is where, again, I lean towards my laser hair removal because it's precise. It's accurate. You know what um, you're going to get. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, you're so passionate about this. I love yeah. it so much. <laughs> Thank you. So a few more questions. Lastly, what is your favorite skin that uh, concerned to treat with laser and why definitely pigmentation yeah pigmentation so many therapists shy away from that oh, like no. i recently did an email to say what's the number one thing you struggle with like i probably would say 90 percent of people said pigmentation yeah. so i love that you said that yeah so um 
definitely there's there's a lot of pigment different types of mm. pigment out there so um, lasers fantastic for um, environmental pigment yeah our lasers are thermogenic so they create heat within the skin so not great for melasma, melasma. yeah um, so you're definitely not going to go near a melasma client um, but if you've got a client who is going to be compliant and stay out of the sun then your environmental pigment is fantastic and I just love that you know when you come in and you treat your client you can see that instant sort of erythema around the lesion as they're leaving and you've rebooked them and they're walking out the door you can already start to see that darkening of pigment oh it's um, so satisfying yes. and we get so much of it here on the gold coast yes, so. exactly <laughs> right it's definitely my favorite because i know that you're going to get a really effective treatment and your client's yeah. going to be really happy yes um, i love that yeah. so much yeah and lastly how do you know so much like obviously <laughs> this doesn't come with just experience i know that you said yeah. that you've done lots of education to make sure that yeah. you're really empowered what sort of commitment does that involve and how yeah. have you educated yourself so much over the years? I know yeah. we briefly spoke about this on email, so I'd love yeah. for you to share this with everybody. Yeah, definitely. So I think that anyone who's been doing laser for two years or more should be doing annual refresher training. And that's what we have in our clinic because all of our, our girls are quite experienced. So annually, Candela will come out and tailor a training package for us for the day. And we just delve deep into the land of laser and, and learn mm. as much as we can. And I guarantee over the last 10 years, there's never been a time that I've walked away from a training session and not learned something new of course. even when it's the same course that I did before um, so definitely keeping refreshed um, for anyone that's um, been in laser for less than two years they should be doing that every six months and if you've been in laser for less than six months you should be actually having a coach or a mentor that you're constantly touching base with yeah. um, I think if you've got the right guidance then you're definitely going to be a really great therapist keep up your learning and training and you're going to be a really knowledgeable therapist Correct. but take that ownership onto yourself as well like in my spare time I'm googling different skin concerns and the things that you can do with laser I'll see something on a you know a Facebook page and I'll go yeah. and google it and learn more about it yeah. um, so taking that little bit of ownership as well yeah. um, and I feel like I'm a sponge I love to learn yeah um, I think of most of like us that. do yeah. yeah so I mean if you love learning and you just love anything that's going to um, advance your career and, and teach you more then definitely yeah go for it and I think that's an important thing because I've been talking about this so much recently but when you don't know much about a subject you're not going to proudly talk about it and be really passionate about it that's right therefore you don't get better at it and then you might not be treating as many clients with it yeah. therefore you don't know much about the subject yeah. so how do you break that negative feedback loop and get into the positive feedback loop where you know what you're talking about therefore you love what you're doing you talk about it all the time therefore you treat more clients and you gain more experience so then you like what you're doing yeah and I think you can only really do that by yeah either getting a coach or a mentor or investing in yourself and your education that's right whether that means googling and reading different things or staying up to date with the distributor and the manufacturer which that's is it. so important definitely because the industry just moves goddamn fast it really <laughs> does and like I said before you'll get left behind if you don't you do keep up. that's me um, <laughs> with <laughs> yeah, no, no, not now. Yeah, not now. I'm good now. <laughs> um, and I think like having peers in the industry as well that you can really bounce off. Yeah. Um, I think that's really important too because you can sit down and have a really clinical professional conversation um, and learn new things from the people that you work with. Um, so that's really good too. Oh, I love this industry yeah. so much. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really great industry to be in. Like, And the fact that you're constantly able to learn new things, like why would anyone want to do anything else? Right, I think we've got the best industry. I've got a sister who's an interior designer and my partner's a mechanic and they just have not 
like there's no sort of community like what we have and yeah i do think it's very supportive and empowering so that's right and that's why we've got things like this where we can all learn from each other as well absolutely thank you so much oh my gosh my head is exploding like i didn't even get to drink half my coffee because i'm kind of on the edge (laughs) of my seat just like listening and learning and like my gosh this is amazing if people want to find you on instagram and learn more maybe reach out to you if you're okay with that absolutely yeah (laughs) where can they find you where can they learn more about your business yeah so instagram and facebook um our handle is um cara derma um so yeah reach out to us on socials you can definitely you know look up our business on our website you can email us um yeah more than happy to chat always and that's cara derma with a c by the way not a k yes (laughs) thank you so much thank you thank you so much for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed it or learned something new, be sure to share this on Instagram and tag me at Skin Queen. That's Queen with three E's. And I'll be sure to repost you. Have an amazing day and stay moisturized.